I got you made, you got you made, you but I got you made, you got you made, you but Welcome to Weird Banter. I am the host, Chich. Uh, today we're going to be talking some AFL news, a little bit of UFC news, and also some WWE. And to do that with me, I'm joined by the longest reigning average punter champion, Pat. How are you doing today, mate? I'm good, Chich. It's nice that my uh, seat was kept warm, as it always is. Uh, well, you know... I- we won't go into it right now, but uh, <laughs> let's just say if I found a replacement, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's such a hostile way to start. I'm joking. I wouldn't want anyone else. But uh, Pat, now here's the thing. I want to talk a little bit about the AFL because the grand final is coming up this weekend and we have to rally around the dogs, everyone's second favorite team. But the thing is, there hasn't been a lot of AFL banter on this podcast just because Myself and you, we've talked, been a bit apathetic towards AFL. And I think, you know, just part of that, maybe it's because Collingwood's not doing that well. I don't know. But, um, you know, there's so many things just grabbing our attention these days. Like I've been getting into UFC. There's the wrestling. There's so much content there. There's tennis. There's the internet. There's just, there's everything, Pat. And uh, I just haven't found time for AFL, but I must say, this finals series has been freaking entertaining. A lot of that has been attributed to the Bulldogs. Have you followed up much, the final series? Uh, I've the, Well, the prelims I watched, but before that I hadn't seen a great deal of the other finals matches. But um, that GWS Doggies match last week was It was pretty intense. I think every Dogs match this series has been... Like it's sort of been the highlight for me because they uh, they beat uh, I think it was West Coast the first week in elimination, then they knocked off Hawthorne and I feel like I had a lot at stake in that match just because Collingwood holds that record for four grand finals in a row, four premierships in a row, and Hawthorne would have equaled that if they won this year. Then the Dogs just smacked them, and uh, that was a really exciting semi final to see them go out in straight sets. And um, also the qualifying final Hawks and Geelong, you always know that's going to be a close one. And that was very interesting. And then, of course, GWS. And that brings us to the grand final. Dogs versus the Swans. I don't think anyone expected the Dogs to be there. Um, based on their form, I think they can genuinely take out Sydney. Like, there hasn't been... Like, obviously, Sydney, they've been there before. They've got those experienced grand final players. But um, the Dogs just look like they really want it. They look like they've got a really hungry, young team. They've got the Bont... Bontempelli, who's just you know on fire. Liam Pickens playing great. Liberatore. Like, there's no reason why the fairy tale uh, can't continue, Pat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the dogs this week. I'm gonna tip with my heart a bit more than my head because Sydney have been there before. Got the veteran players, but uh, who who do you think, based on your gut instinct, Pat? Well, history tells us the doggies are gonna struggle considering they've played three matches already and the swans have had a break but that's interesting though because did you see how they brought in there was like a buy after round 23 or round 24 before the finals oh yeah yeah so they had a buy then there was the qualifying finals so this could explain how they've been able to keep it up well it's interesting because geelong won their qualifying final and so they only played ended up playing like one match in 27 days or 29 days 
So there's a bit of speculation because it's a new thing, whether that worked for them or against them, or everyone's just been a bit focusing on, you know, small details that don't really matter. It's a bit too early to say because it's the first year that they've done it. But um, I don't think that's necessarily a factor because Sydney played through. They lost their first match against GWS. So they've had to play through like the Dogs did. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's a matter of freshness, but just because the Sydney players are used to long, grueling seasons and they've been in grand finals before, maybe there's an, an argument to say that the Dogs could drop off late in the games because they've had a lot of um, intense matches lately. But, um, yeah, you can continue with what you were saying. I think I cut you off. <laughs> nah, um... Yeah, just who do you think is going to win? Oh, I I think Sydney, the way they played against Geelong, they were just, they had so much quality about them. And the Dogs were more of like that fighting team. Whereas, um, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd hope to say the Dogs, but um, like you, I, I have the feeling Sydney's going to beat them on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. And Buddy's obviously on fire and he's going to be very difficult to stop. All right, well, that's... That's coming up this Saturday. And uh, I just want to talk a little bit about UFC news. As I mentioned, fandom continuing to grow. They're putting together a pay-per-view at uh, UFC 205. It's at Madison Square Garden. And um, it's sort of a big deal because the sport was banned in New York for a long time. And I think this is one of the first, it might be the first pay-per-view that they've done there. And there's a massive card and they've recently just added the main event. Conor McGregor's back. After that, war he had with Nate Diaz after UFC 202. A few pay-per-views later, he's going to fight Eddie Alvarez at 155, who's the lightweight champion. So if Connor were to win, he'd be the 155 and the 145 champion, which he actually did before he joined the UFC in the Cage Warriors championship. But uh, there's, all, there's, a, there's a lot of speculation from like the UFC hardcore fans, though, because... um. They're sort of talking about Conor McGregor not uh, defending his 145 belt because he hasn't actually... um, He won it about a year. It's almost been a year since he beat Jose Aldo in, um, I think it was 13 seconds, which is pretty incredible. And uh, so he hasn't actually defended it since then. And a lot of people, when the announcement was made for the Eddie Alvarez thing, people complaining that he's just sort of dodging that rematch of 145. But I think what people fail to forget... As much as UFC is a legitimate fighting competition, it's very serious, high-level competition, I get it. It is still entertainment at the end of the day. Um, Dana White has said they followed the WWE business model when they were growing the business. So, um, you know, as much as it's a legitimate competition and people got to defend their belts, it's about money. Conor McGregor is a money fight. Obviously, him fighting for the 155 belts is going to be a much bigger draw and him going back to defend his 145 against Jose Aldo, who he beat in 13 seconds. And they already they had a very big build up to that previous match. But yeah, that's CM Punk's not back for this one? I don't, I don't think so, <laughs> man. Uh... <laughs> Jeez, should we talk about that? I don't know. All right, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Well, what do you want to talk about, Pat? There's... All right, well, we watched it. Um, obviously, a lot of build up. You know, the fight was delayed over and over. I guess a little bit of the hype with CM Punk died because he had surgery and he was just out of the spotlight for a little bit. The fight happened. Um, I mean, the entrance was great. 
<laughs> he came out to um, Live in Colour, Cult of Personality, which he used in WWE, and it was a very sort of emphatic entrance. And yeah, just listening to all the sort of backlash, no pun intended, about the the match. When you go, when you think about it, and you know, you, I've, I've started to become more aware of UFC and sort of get into the details of it and all that sort of thing. CM Punk's not a, he's not a natural athlete. That's what we have to remember. Like he's not a Brock Lesnar who could have potentially been a top level footballer. But just, you know, he was an NCAA wrestling champion, uh, decided to do WWE because there was a lot of money there. He's obviously a natural beast. He's an athlete, could have made it in a lot of different sports. And I think, not that anyone was comparing him to Brock Lesnar, but I think people sort of mistook CM Punk for maybe being more of an athlete than he was, where in reality, he's much more of an entertainer than actual athlete. He trained for about 18 months with with one of the most respected UFC camps. Um, and yeah, he came in to fight a guy who's been, who's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. He's 13 years younger and just way more experienced, just has the matches under his belt. And um, I was listening to Ariel Hawani. He was a top MMA journalist and he was reviewing it after the match. And he was saying CM Punk fought like a guy um with a commensurate amount of experience. A guy who's been training for 18 months, who's against the brown belt in jiu-jitsu, who's a beast, young beast. He was saying that he performed like, like he expected him to perform. And that's a guy who's really obviously into the business, one of the top journalists, etc. So I don't think it was as embarrassing as the casual viewer would have thought. CM Punk says that he wants to get back in there. I don't think this was just a one-match effort. Um, apparently you can't go back to the amateurs. Apparently once, um, you fight in the UFC, you need to keep having professional fights. You can't go back and fight amateur. There's like a rule with that. So, um, so it's only going to get worse. (laughs) Well, obviously he, he would fight a shitter opponent. (laughs) That's what I'm getting at. Well, no, I think it still has to be a professional within a professional organization, not necessarily the UFC. There's other, um, promotions like Bellator that he could yeah. fight in um but obviously he would not be fighting any experienced younger fighters he'd probably fight someone who he could genuinely whoop or one of l- us yeah he'd probably <laughs> fight me or you I'd, I'd put my hand up triple h oh okay <laughs> could you imagine the hype around that <laughs> no nah, but i don't think triple h would get through usada if we're being honest <laughs> jeez all right, Pat. It's what everyone's been waiting for. WWE news. Um, we've had Clash of Champions recently. We haven't spoken since Backlash either. I just want to say, before we start um, getting into those, at the moment, we've got Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, and Shinsuke Nakamura as the top champions in WWE. Would this have even been feasible um, even six months ago? Did you... Like, could this... like? This was not even in the realm of possibility. Can you believe they've gone with these guys? Well, we knew change was coming. It was inevitable prior to WrestleMania. We knew, well, it was being speculated that the brand split would happen. And this this sort of, um, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? The, uh, what's the, what are they? The new era. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're calling it. Yeah, it was yeah. inevitable. So um, I'm just surprised at how sort of quickly it's happening, I guess. Like they've already gone with AJ as champion. They gave um, Nakamura the title. And Owens. Uh, Ambrose has been champion. Owens is champion. Alexa Bliss is number one contender. She's from NXT. So I'm yeah, I'm if anything, I'm just surprised at how quickly it's all happening. It's it definitely and it's um it's it, the wrestling's genuinely gotten a lot better. They've brought in like the best of the best from around the world, obviously. Um now they have the brand split, there's obviously a lot more content, a lot more pay-per-views. We had Clash of Champions, Backlash was a couple of weeks before that. We've got Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Superstars. Sometimes it's a little bit to watch it all um it's a lot of content going around as i said with afl there's a lot of things grabbing our attention these days do you think it's too much content or do you think it's it's good to have this much to watch i think it's fine now with raw one day smackdown the next and then a pay-per-view almost every two weeks i'm i'm content with that it's um yeah i i think it's fine it's and it's not like it's not as much of an effort as it used to be because the shows are like they're, uh, what's his name? They're because uh, of the brand split. You obviously, if you want to see this guy, you have to watch SmackDown. You want to see that guy, you have to watch Raw. So there's is genuine. It's there's good content. It's not like it's just an overload of a lot of crap, basically. Mm. So I think it's fine the way it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also very early to tell, but yeah. Interesting to see how it plays out. Now, I wanted to talk... All right, well, we've had the first Raw pay-per-view, Clash of Champions. Before that, we had the first Backlash pay-per-view. Felt like with Backlash, um, most people, including myself, had sort of low expectations of it because obviously SmackDown has the smaller roster, probably not as many uh, big names. And it certainly exceeded my um, expectations. Miz versus Ziggler was a great match. Um... AJ beating Ambrose for the belt. I felt that was the right move. I think AJ's the right guy to be champion at the moment, especially after that phenomenal, no pun intended, match with John Cena. And uh, also Becky Lynch, your favorite diva, uh, can do no wrong, Becky Lynch, becoming champ of SmackDown. She was the only real option to carry that um, part of the four horsewomen. And uh, so, yeah, I thought Backlash was very good. We've just had Clash of Champions. I thought it was decent. I think it's sort of the opposite sort of attitude because my expectations for Clash of Champions are probably a little bit higher because I really think Raw has the cream of the crop at the moment as far as younger up-and-coming stars or new recruits. They've got just all the great new talent on their brands. Uh, SmackDown's got a couple as well, but I feel like it's mostly on Raw. Uh, so I thought it was decent. There's a lot of good wrestling. I thought... I mean, listening to other reviews, uh, sort of with What Culture and those sorts of sites, Wrestle Talk TV, and um, something that they were talking about was, you know, because there is a lot more content and there's a lot more pay per views, you sort of expect something really like an exciting moment at a pay per view, if you get me, like something like, you know, Triple H coming in and, you know, doing something ridiculous at the end. I think people are sort of looking for those moments and because um, there's so much pay-per-views now, sometimes you can't really do those all the time because just because there's too much content, if you do it all the time, it becomes a bit repetitive in itself. 
So there is that, you know, thought of, you know, uh, you have a pay-per-view and you're expecting something big to happen at the end and it sort of doesn't live up to the expectation. It might just be a regular finish. Uh, so he sort of felt that way with Owens and Rollins. Jericho came out, interfered, which was all right. But uh, yeah, it wasn't really the big <coughs> statement to end, but still a good match. But um, yeah. I it just, was like a raw ending, wasn't it? It wasn't really a pay-per-view worthy ending. Yeah, well, that's, it seems even like it's sort of blurry now. It, it felt like sort of a, a jacked up version of Raw as opposed to like a longer version of Raw as opposed to a pay-per-view. But that's, you know, it's interesting with the network though because, you know, it's just more content. Um, as far as, you know, Clash of Champions, obviously all the championships are defended. There was only one title change that was your man Roman Reigns beating Rusev for the US title. I thought that would happen at some point. I didn't think it would be so soon. Um, I, I think it's it's a positive. I, I still don't... Like, obviously, Reigns has to be heel, etc., etc. But uh, I think him being the US champion sort of does elevate it somewhat similar to how John Cena, when he had it, it elevated it. Because as much as we don't like Roman Reigns, Pat, nah, he's all right. But uh, he's still a big star, and he does elevate that title. So I think it's a good thing overall. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think people need to understand, look, we're on Reigns' back because he was being pushed as the guy, but now he's he's in the mid-card, he's with the US title, so just lay off him a bit, mate. That is... That's where we wanted him in the first place. So <laughs> he's the, he, Now he's just the mid-card guy. Yeah. He's not the guy, he's the mid-card guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, um... What, the, what? Actually, the title looked tiny on him. Did yeah, you notice that? It did, the US actually. The title was so small. It's funny because Rusev has one of those bodies where he's just, he's like, he's sort of relatively short compared to the other wrestlers, but he's really wide mm. and sort of like bulky. And it's like, I don't know, the title sort of looks funny on him. Yeah. But like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, he's a, he's jacked and that uh, US title does look much smaller <laughs> than the, the WWE title. It's not all about looks, mate. Sometimes it's just about the prestige of the title, you know? Some of us some of us like the aesthetic of the show, mate. Pat, you're the type of person who would complain about the red yeah. belt, you know, like when they brought in the UF, the universal title. You'd be one of those blokes commenting like, what's this red jam piece of <laughs> shit? Like, Chich, when I heard the next day that people were um, kicking, a, uh, kicking up a bit of a fuss about that, I just thought to myself... Does it really matter, mate? It doesn't look that bad. Yeah, no, it's it's a bit ridiculous. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like the the brouhaha that followed was a bit ridiculous. Oh yeah, like yeah, it, it doesn't. It's just a title, like it's it's whatever, like it's, it's not. I mean, it's got to look good, but but they change it. With it like? They change it every every you know every year anyway. Like they change it fairly often, so it's not. It's not that big of a deal. Um, what do you think of New Day? Because they've had the title for like 400 days or something and counting. I, I feel like it's time for them to lose. I was kind of hoping Anderson and Gallows would win like the last pay-per-view. I think it was SummerSlam they versed. But um, I feel like it's just getting a little bit too stale with the New Day. Like they're still entertaining, still funny, but it's just a little bit repetitive. I think they need to change it up a little bit. Like... But, who would you go with though? Because Anderson and Gallows, I agree. I think they should have won the titles probably a couple months ago. Mm. But they're just they're very boring. The past 
few times like they've been on the mic or whatever like they've gotten booze and but do you think that's partly because of how they're like told to act because you know they did those comedy skits with the dr gallows and Anderson. even that was a bit sort of cringeworthy wasn't no it? no i agree i'm just saying um <clears throat> do you think if they presented them as just these sort of ass kickers and like you know little mike talk talking just we've just come in we're gonna clean house we don't want your you know your booty shit like we yeah. don't give a fuck you know like if they just presented them as like these ass kickers as opposed to trying to get them to be like the the yin and yang to the new day just like a funny alternative on the heel side well the opening yeah. night on raw they came in from the crowd and just laid out i can't remember who it was yeah yeah and then like there was the the uh the dudley boys farewell thing and they put them through a table or something they that was good that. Yeah. it's like that that's sort of that's what we want to see like the, like you said just a badass sort of tag team but they've been, they've tried the they've attempted the comedy and all that sort of stuff and it's just it's really cringeworthy yeah it's annoying because i know that they were much respected in japan and all that and uh yeah, I can only imagine how those hardcore fans who follow like all the different promotions and that sort of thing would be feeling just seeing them presented, you know, in that pussy fashion. But uh, what do you think of TJ Perkins, Brian Kendrick? The cruiserweight division is here. I was a fan of Brian Kendrick back in the day, Pat. Like he had his tag team with Paul London, but then he had a brief solo run. And I, I really like, got around him back then. He was a heel. He had this uh, guy, Ezekiel Jackson, following him, like this big black dude who was like the enforcer. And so he could get away with a lot of stuff. And it was really entertaining. Um, but now he, he disappeared. And I feel like he's in his twilight now. He's like the veteran. I feel like he sort of missed his run a little bit. And I like how they're working that into the story. Um, but what do you think of, yeah, the match, Kendrick versus Perkins? They're all great wrestlers, the Cruiserweights. Um but uh, what's his name again? Kendrick. Brian, Brian Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah, I, I know he's well respected within the WWE. Mm. So, um, do you think they should have gone with like the one-on-one Kendrick versus um, Perkins, who's the champ? I feel like that was a sort of safe option because they know Kendrick's like a recognizable face. P- Perkins is obviously the champion, so you know he's got to be elevated. But I feel like they've had so much talent in that cruiserweight division. They would have been better off having like a showcase fatal four-way sort of um, like a match, like something a bit different to really highlight the sort of high-flying maneuvers that they've been doing through the championship. Because we already saw a lot of these one-on-one matches through the pay-per-view. You had Owens, Rollins, Cesaro, Sheamus, Jericho, Zayn. I felt like they could have used that opportunity to not have a one-on-one yeah. and sort of really have a different sort of high-flying encounter and really showcase all those guys. But yeah. bit safe, in my opinion. thought it was solid. Nothing to get too excited about. Well, on the show, they said how um, Brian Kendrick and TJ, TJ Perkins? Yeah, yeah, TJ Perkins. How back in the day, when TJ was a kid... He would skip school to go to um, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Brian Kendrick would pick him up to yeah. take him, and like that's that's a genuine storyline. So yeah, why not like <laughs> why not like build that over time and talk about it and like so they could have held off this match for I don't know a month or two 
and weave that into the storyline and it would have given us some like reason to care about the match whereas on the pay-per-view it was just it was just yeah like watching a normal match to be honest like there wasn't really much to it it was a good match but yeah um, i think wwe the thing they're really lacking at the moment is storylines whereas the wrestling's been great there's great wrestlers i i think almost in since the attitude era like the wrestling the wrestlers are fantastic but the storylines have been pretty bad yeah no that's bang on the head there because <laughs> um yeah no you're right because the whole cruiserweight classic thing that's obviously been on the network and so like you can't expect a lot of people don't watch like all that content so there's a lot of people who would as you said have no idea about you know the the kendrick perkins you know like their relationship they just get presented it on the pay-per-view it's like yep what's going on here who are these guys why do i care and i think you're absolutely right just more emphasis on the stories and what do you think of the story between cesaro and sheamus pat because obviously they were three all in their match of seven series uh ended in a i think it was just the count out there was a no contest sort of thing it seems like they're becoming a tag team on Raw, Mick Foley's put Sheamus and Cesaro together. Originally, I think the winner of that series was supposed to get a title shot. Now, I think Mick Foley's trying to build like a rock and sock connection between Cesaro and Sheamus. And um, I mean, I don't mind it. It's still got time to play out. I thought their match at Clash of Champions was solid, better than I expected it to be. And um, there's also a point in the match with Cesaro. He dived through the ropes, like doing one of those suicide dives. And his leg um, clipped like the second rope and he, he, he like landed on his neck. And for a second, I thought he was paralyzed because you just saw this like look on Cesaro's face like as if he was out for a second. Like, you know, he didn't know what was going on. But um, yeah, as far as their thing moving forward, I, d- I don't know if tag team is the right option. I think it would have been kind of interesting to um, see who got the title shot and see how they went from there, see if they can launch them. But uh yeah, tag team Cesaro, Sheamus. What do you think of their their little rivalry there? They could both use a bit of a, a change up, to be honest. Uh, you don't think this is working, the Cesaro versus Sheamus? Uh, it's it's just like the what I was saying before that each, for the past two months they've had a match on almost every show. It's just it, there's like I said, there's not much of a storyline to it. It's just great wrestling. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, why nah. not? Like Cesaro and Sheamus have had the same gimmick for how long? You know what I mean? No, you don't like the the Mohawk on Sheamus. I don't think Sheamus has ever been relevant. <laughs> His Mohawk was relevant for five minutes on the uh, the night after WrestleMania when he came back. That's right. Yeah. But. Um, even Cesaro, fans want to cheer him, but much like Ziggler, his character hasn't changed in so long. Do you feel like the thing with... Do you remember when Cesaro, he cut that promo where it was, it was like a bit of a shoot, it felt like, and he was complaining he wanted to be on SmackDown because he felt that was more of a wrestling-oriented show? Yeah. Do you feel like, to spite Cesaro, Vince or Triple H, probably Vince would have said, <laughs> like, I'm just throwing this out there, said, all right, you want to wrestle? We'll put you in a a best of seven match where it's like just straight wrestling. Yeah. Do you think that was like, you know, pseudo punishment? I don't know. Like what's it like? What, what was their intention from the start of this feud? Was it? I don't think there was an intention. It seemed like they just threw it together. 
like, was it to convince us that they're great wrestlers? Like, we know Sheamus can wrestle. That's never been the problem. And we know Cesaro can wrestle. So it hasn't achieved anything, really. Mm. Pat, just putting them on blast there, mate. Got to call them out, mate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Chris Jericho, Sami Zayn. All right. Uh, this This was a decent match. As we said, a lot of good wrestling. Um, Jericho won, went over. I was thinking though, do you think this could be start of a bit of a rivalry with them? Obviously, Zayn and Owens have that history, and Jericho's linked with Owens now. Do you think it could be one of those things where it sort of launches Zayn by the end of it? They sort of try to weave it in with Kevin Owens in the title picture. That's obviously thinking a bit down the track, but I was just trying to think like why Chris Jericho and Sami Zayn, and uh, the connection I made was. Jericho's best friend Kevin Owens. <laughs> then you've got Sami Zayn, who obviously has the rivalry with Kevin Owens. I think this Ex could best friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I love their back and forth when they're just punching each other. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that launches. Um, any comments on that match? Jericho went over. I don't think it really matters who won that. Um, you got anything to contribute? Um, it, I, personally, I think it was. Good to see. look. Zayn has been pretty much buried the past month or two, I think, and um, it's good to see Jericho still getting wins because just that he's older doesn't mean that he has to lose every week. He's mm. still relevant. Like he's the he's the comedian of the show, mate. He's he, a comedian every week. His actual stand up comedy on Netflix. <laughs> he's actually his segments are the ones I look forward to most. Yeah. He's hilarious. <laughs> I think, yeah, like, he gets a lot of airtime for it as well. I think they're starting to realize, like, this is where the money is. Yeah. It's pretty incredible how he manages to stay relevant, like, through all these different phases, and he's been there for so long. Mm. Um, yeah, get around, get around, Jericho. Um, and, all right, well, let's talk the women's. Triple Threat, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha Banks. What do you think with... Charlotte getting the title back off Sasha Banks so soon because Sasha won it. I think it was a bit unexpected. It was like the start of the new era. So it was, I guess, sort of appropriate. She's bringing in the new era. Big title change. Um, But she didn't hold it for very long. So um, then they put it back on Charlotte. And I feel like we're just back where we started a little bit Mm. as far as the women's division goes because she was champion for a long time to begin with. I don't really know what they're doing there. Charlotte, I feel like Charlotte's becoming a better heel, which is good. Um, she's definitely working on her promos, and I've noticed like she's gotten a lot better with that sort of stuff. I like her back and forth with, with Dana Brooke, where she's like the abusive trainer. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not really sure like where this division is going. Like I don't really know who's going to win, and I don't really mean that in like a good way. I'm just, I'm just questioning why Sasha lost the title if they had like just put it on her, because I feel like it takes away her credibility a little bit. What do you think of the state of the women's division? Because Bailey's been elevated as well now. Yeah, I agree. I think um, Sasha should have kept the title for longer. But it's... Look, Charlotte won the title, and end of the day, like, you you want to see it remain, um, like, not predictable, so unpredictable. So I, I think it's fine that's... I don't know. Like, yeah, I see, Charlotte. I see what look, you're Sasha should have kept the title for longer, and then Charlotte won it back. But I think Charlotte's fine anyway. She's obviously fantastic on the mic and a great wrestler, so mm. the fans respect her as well. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's about it to say on the women's division. Uh, and finally, main event, Kevin Owens, our man, versus Seth Rollins. Rollins seemingly face these days. I think he's still somewhere in the middle, but I feel like he's more face than heel at the moment. Um, I don't really understand why they waited so long to turn him face, just because I felt like he had the momentum when he returned from injury. But better late than never, I guess. Can't always complain. But uh, yes, um, solid match. Uh, good wrestling, as we've been saying. Jericho interfered at the end. Uh, that was a bit unexpected. I wasn't really expecting Jericho. Yeah. Like, I understand because his best friend Kevin Owens. <laughs> I feel like I have to say the full thing every time. Best friend Kevin See, Owens. That was even funny as well when Jericho came out. Yeah, he's always got his things. You see the, the list of Jericho or his best friend Kevin Owens. <laughs> Or like it. His interviews are great. They're, they're brilliant. <laughs> this I could spend like the whole hour talking about Jericho. Um, what do you think the main event scene going forward is? Do you think I assume Owens and Rollins, judging by what they've done on Raw, it's going to be them continuing? Uh, can you see anyone else sort of being put into that scene? Do you do you see things playing out? Do you think Rollins might win the title back pre WrestleMania? Or like, what do you do? You think they'll go with Owens? Um, first of all, the main event there wasn't really a big angle to end the show, which yeah. usually well typically happens at WWE pay per views. But I was reading that um, the next night they had well, usually they have a big angle just to set up Raw, you know, get people invested in Raw the next night. But the next night was the presidential debate in America and. They had the Monday night football in the NFL. So okay. I'm presuming they were holding back, I don't know, a Triple H return or a big angle just because they basically conceded defeat that they were going to lose the ratings the next night. Man, so um, It's so interesting when you get into all the, the corporate shit involved that we don't really factor. Yeah. We're seeing it as just like an entertainment product. But in reality, they've, it's like a publicly traded company mm. and they do have to like... <laughs> You know, sell ad time and all that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. But um, I'd like to see Seth win the title again, just because he came back, he held it for five minutes, and um, Ambrose won it off him. So a face Seth with the title could be good. But um, yeah, Owens should sort of maybe keep it for the next couple of pay per views, just to make him more of a credible champion. Yeah, I, I, I like Owens. Like, obviously, we're fans of Owens. And I think he's having a very good run as champ. I still don't feel like he's the biggest name yet. Like, obviously, you've got to build him into that. Like, you know, he's more like just the wrestling fans know who he is. And Seth Rollins is more of like a bigger star because he had that big WrestleMania moment that we were at, Pat, <laughs> in case you didn't remember. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be very interesting. I hope they stick with him for a little bit. I think maybe i'd hope they go with him to wrestlemania but i wouldn't be surprised if owens lost the title maybe at the royal rumble or something well, they're, like they're that. changing titles every two months it seems so well even well since wrestlemania how many champions have we seen like reigns ambrose rollins Owens, balor five champions in the space of what is it since wrestlemania like mm. six months yeah and uh, yeah, it's it's certainly a lot more unpredictable than it used to be. It's not like John Cena holding it for two years yeah. as it was back 10 years ago. 
Um, yeah, that's very interesting. Also, I just want to mention there was a WWE.com exclusive clip uh, where after the, I don't know if it was after Raw or after Clash of Champions, Stephanie was walking to her limo and uh, Triple H got out of the car and just kissed her. Like, and they both got in the car together as if like, all right, yeah, we're just meeting up after the match. So I think there's a, some implication there. Like, all right, Steph sort of does know she was in with Triple H the whole time as far as the, you know, picking Kevin Owens as the guy over Seth Rollins. Yeah. So there was a little clip like that that may have, you know, gone past people. I, just, I was just... Um, well, at the end of the match against Owens, you know, Stephanie came out like... The commentators plugged the whole, oh, why'd Stephanie take so long to bring the referee out when mm. Seth could have had the pin? And then when Seth lost, she sort of gave this look like, yeah, that's what I wanted sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. That sinister look. Yeah. Triple H versus Seth WrestleMania, mate. Or Rumble. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Triple, Triple H loves just putting himself in the, you know, the big picture when he needs to. <laughs> He's still a household name. <laughs> Come on. No, I, I love Triple H. He's he's got the best entrance music. He's he's the game. It's dope. But um, yeah, just you know, you just he's still just... relevant. Come on, no, he, no, he's he been is. on Raw once since WrestleMania, so he's not he's not you know putting himself in. No, I know. I think um, he's not throwing himself at the audience. No, anymore. it's 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 not. It's this is my own personal. You know, CM Punk taking his side oh, of things. Shit. I think I've still got a bit of that, you know. I'm team, team <laughs> Punk. Yeah, like I'm still... <laughs> nah, Triple Sheesh. H is awesome. When muscle and fitness need to sell copies, <laughs> Triple H needs to be appearing on Raw. He's going to be like... He's still going to be on there 63 and jacked. That's, <laughs> that's going to be like the... <laughs> like, you think muscle and fitness isn't just the straight WWE magazine these Jesus. days? What like, are they paying to have... Every wrestler on the roster on each issue. I have no idea, but they've also got they've got the muscle and fitness. Then they've got muscle and fitness hers, like a women's one, mm. and it's always like a different diva. Whether it's Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Stephanie, yeah, probably Steph as well. Hey, just big business, mate. Jeez. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our weird banter this week. It's been it's been a it's been a bit of a break. Pat, and I think it's good because, you know, when you have that break, it makes the, the heart grow fonder. So uh, what, I'm, I'm, uh, what I'm trying to say, Pat, is will you marry me? <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Thanks for coming back, mate. That's all right. And, uh, yeah, grand final should be good this weekend. Just, just lots, of, lots of content to look forward to. Uh, who you got for Norm Smith? Did you know any other players or...? Um. <laughs> The Bont, surely. No. I'm thinking if the Doggies win, Bont and Pally. If Sydney win, surely like a, a Hanabry or a Heaney, you know. Yeah, one of those midfielders. McVeigh. McVeigh. Is he even playing? Oh, he I was sh- out last week. I don't know if they've done the team. I don't think they've done the teams at the time of this recording. No. Actually, there's going to be controversy with that because um, Aaliyah Aaliyah. Yeah. He got injured in the last game, so whether he... Rem- you know, keeps his spot. Um, but yeah, we won't go too into that <laughs> That now. Yeah, um, yeah, we look forward to that. Is and, Vav uh, playing for the doggies? <laughs> mate, tell you what, Vav two goals three. 
All right. Uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. This has been Weird Banter. <laughs>